0: Something is going to happen. Something wonderful. My god, it's full of stars! Welcome to the NY Patriot Show. In this episode, I got Megan from Seven Degrees back on with me. I was uh, very much looking forward to working with her again, especially on this and on uh, a couple other upcoming ideas that I've had. And hopefully it will happen. But it's always a pleasure to have her on. It's always nice to have on another you know, magician to uh, talk to about this stuff. You know, I don't have to do it alone. So uh, yeah. I appreciate you very much. I appreciate you very much for coming on, Megan. Anytime, anytime. Um, again, just in case people don't know who you are, but I mean, I think I've had so much stuff with you on it already in the recent, you know, couple of months. They should know who you are already. But if not, please let them know what's up.
1: Yeah, um, so my name is Megan, and I am Seven Degrees of Wisdom. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. Um, so uh, we'll have Nick put my channel yes. um, in down in the comments below. Um, but just really briefly, I'm a practicing occultist, professional intuitive tarot reader, paranormal investigator, spiritual and paranormal consultant. Um, and I also offer classes and tarot readings and all that stuff. Uh, you guys could find me through all my social media for that
0: i glad you called yourself an occultist because I, uh, I had somebody um, like comment one time on uh, recently on like an Instagram post and it was just, it was just really weird because it was like another podcast that I've been on their show and they've been on my show and I they didn't well I guess they knew I had left the OTO but they didn't know I was an occultist and I was like well. And I was like, yeah, I was like, we were having a conversation on fucking Instagram, which is horrible to begin with, you know, in (laughs) in the comments, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I'm an occultist. And they're like, and they're like, oh, I've just never heard anybody else call themselves that before. And I'm like thinking, probably because you haven't actually met a real one. Because real ones actually will come out and be like, yeah, I'm an occultist, because like to you, that's just me like a mystic, the same thing. I'm just looking for hidden knowledge. It's nothing yes, bad.
1: that's the whole point of this. We, it's our life. It's our whole life.
0: I'm thinking. i You probably know a bunch of them. They're just behind a microphone and they don't want to tell people they're an occultist. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll, I'll straight up tell you. I don't
1: have a problem telling yeah, you that. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm just you, like, what's the big fucking deal?
0: You, it's a big deal. You know. <laughs> yeah, no. It's just like, <laughs> even in today's day and age, it's like, it's like, you know, when you when you start to look at what the actual mar- word means. You know, yeah, if we all been, want to talk about being educated and knowing, yeah. if just knowing what that word means in itself, it there's nothing negative, you know, to it. Exactly.
1: That's the that's the, it's over the over time it's been demonized by the church. Like the last
0: so. show I, I was just on, I said like, I don't know how the inside of my body works. That's occult knowledge to me. I literally can't see it. My exactly. eyes are looking out of my head, not inside. I can't see how my body works. That's occult knowledge. Does that mean it's bad? I just don't understand how all these organs and everything are pumping and moving right now.
1: Yep, but <laughs> they are. They exist. <laughs> <Yeah>. They're there.
0: <laughs> so Dama was cutting people open just to make sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like it. Yep.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right. So yeah, that is uh, Megan. Uh, thank you very much again for coming on. Uh, Anytime, your l- man. Yeah. You know I love doing this. Your links are, will be in the bottom, and this time I'll make sure I include your YouTube. I totally forgot mm-hmm. to add it to the notes. Since you it's started okay. the channel. And definitely go check out her YouTube, please. Everybody that listens and, you know, whatever. If, even if you don't follow my YouTube, go follow hers. <laughs> oh, thank you,
1: guys. I, I got a lot of paranormal content, tarot content. I love it. Um, you know, just intro. If you're getting starting out on the magical path, I got a lot of in, intro informa- information for you. So, yes. um, But I got a lot of paranormal stuff on there. So nice. And we should, into that.
0: we should hopefully be doing a... Uh, Zodiac series too, I think with Mario.
1: Yes, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yes. that's gonna be fun. And
0: covering that one lady's artwork, I already forgot her name. A saint, a saint of the church. It yes. was an occultist. We're gonna cover yes. her artwork too, so that's gonna be fun. Yes. When I sent that yes. to Mario, he was even like, "Yo, I've never seen this before, but this is really interesting."
1: Yes, it's very some of that. I was in. like, "Yo, this
0: almost looks like a Toth tarot card." That's what <laughs> I was
1: gonna say. Like, if you look at that, you're like, "Oh my god, this looks so much yeah. like a Toth tarot deck." It does, that Crowley made. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, hmm,
0: <clears throat> interesting. It's wild. Yeah. But, uh, you know, talking about old stuff, we were going to go over the uh, the grimoire, the Armadale. I know it sounds a lot like the Arbitale, <laughs> and it does, mm-hmm. uh, I think it does have the Arbitale in it anyway.
1: It it does. I'll get to that. Yes, yeah, so I'll let you get all to all that. I've got all the info on that, yeah.
0: Yeah, Um, and just, I mean, I'll put the pictures up now. I'll probably go through them a little bit as we're talking. So for people who are watching, uh, at some point you'll get to see, like, you know, what the books look like. And uh, different ones, because there was, uh, I think, two different versions that I have to show. And it has also been translated by McGregor Mathers. And uh, that was back in, uh, God, I think it was... uh, it wasn't actually, it's really not that old of a book when you go by the yeah. translation into English. No. and A uh,
1: couple different theories on 16th or 17th century. Yeah. But,
0: but real quick, something that I wanted to at least cover a little bit. Um, again, you know, McGregor Mathers uh, translated it at some point and some people may not really uh, know much about him. And I think he is somebody who's worth uh, looking into. Definitely. And he's another example. Like, um, you know, a lot of times, like, even in the magic community, and I'm sure, like, you've even seen it yourself, Megan. Like, you know, Blavatsky, uh, Gurdjieff, Crowley. I mean, listen, I'm not going to knock them. They They were called geniuses, but they also got their shit from somewhere else. And it's like sometimes you don't look much pants father than the people that were, you know, only uh, 100 or 200 years ago prevalent. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think, like, the thing about Mathers is, like, looking into what inspired him could start taking you down some interesting rabbit holes. So not that Absolutely. I'm going that far with that, but uh, I just do think he is a character that, you know, if people don't know much about, he is definitely worth, I think, uh, looking into and seeing where he pulled his ideas and who he was influenced by and what stuff was he reading, you know? Yeah. But to uh, just cover him a little bit, um, Samuel Lydell McGregor Mathers, he was born uh, Samuel Lydell Mathers, was a British occultist and a member of the SRIA, that is the Societist Rosicruciana in Anglia, something like that, Rosicrucian Society of England. He is primarily known as one of the founders of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, a ceremonial magic order of which offshoots still exist. He became so synonymous with the Order of the Golden Dawn uh, that the scholar Israel Rigardi observed it in retrospect that he pretty much, uh, it was pretty much his. But, you know, I'm, I'm sure there was other influences, you know. Yeah. Mathers uh, added that McGregor uh, surname as a claim to Highland Scottish heritage. He was a practicing vegetarian, or according to some people, he might have been a vegan. Uh, he was outspoken against... Uh, he was out. He an outspoken anti-VV-sectionist. Now, it, I, I mean, I, I'm assuming they're saying like he was against VV-section. And that, that could make sense. And uh, for some people uh, who don't know what that is, that is like basically experimenting on animals. So uh, I'm pretty sure if I'm correct. Maybe it might be specifically dogs, but I do know makes sense yeah vivisection i think is something to do with like uh animals skinny puppy the only reason i even know this skinny puppy has an album that i think is called vivisection and i happen to like look into like what you know what first off just the names of their songs are so weird you know you just start googling or looking things up and i was like oh this is actually like something that was real and i then i realized the whole album was basically talking about and you know telling people you know stop practicing shit on animals so yeah i'm assuming that's Quit being a dick. Huh? Yeah, Quit being right? a dick. God, you know, I had I, I went and met uh, Mike from Hush Hush out in Yale uh, not too long ago just to film some stuff because we were going to try to do like a little documentary on the secret societies out there. And he was like showing me some medical place that he had worked not too far from a while ago. And like they were doing experiments, doing something on rats. And he said every day. They were wheeling out like these cages of just tons of dead ones and taking new ones right back in. Oh,
1: God. Every
0: day, he said. While he was working, I think he was like doing construction next door. He said, for the whole time that he was there, he saw that every day he worked. God. You know, the crazy thing is, it's just like, I guess maybe sometimes, maybe for magicians and not so much religious people. Maybe we'll look at that as being, like, a little bit more wilder because, like, to me, it's, like, I, I don't look at it as, like, animals not having a soul.
1: They do have a soul. Yeah, so
0: it's just, like, when you're just, like, mass, like, cultivating souls like that, too. That's yeah. just weird to me, you know?
1: Well, it's going to open up uh, Yeah, or, years. like, some sort yeah. of, like,
0: release of energy or something. It's just very weird. Yes. Not to get so off. Sorry. <laughs> get off topic over no, here. No, it's, it's all
1: about intention, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I get, I get it.
0: Uh, all right. So, uh, back to uh, McGregor Mathers. Uh, It is known that his main interests were magic and the theory of uh, war. And his first book being a translation of a French military manual. And it was a practical instruction in infantry campaigning exercise. So I find that interesting that his first book was actually like something to do with the French and military. Mm -hmm. Mathers was introduced to Freemasonry, you know, supposed by a neighbor. Uh, who was uh, alchemist Frederick Holland, and was initiated into uh, Hengist Lodge number no. 195 on the 4th of October in 1877. He was raised as a master mason on the 30th of January in 1878. In 1882, he admitted to the uh, Metropolitan College of the Societis Rosicruciana in Anglia, as well as a number of fringe Masonic degrees. Working for SRIA now, which is the thing I just mentioned before, he was awarded an honorary 8th degree in 1886, and in the same year, he lectured on the Kabbalah to the Theosophical Society. That's interesting, because that's kind of like Blavatsky stuff. Yeah. Uh, after his mother died, he moved to uh, London, where he lived at uh, Great Percy Street, on King Cross. He was appointed as uh, as an assistant to a librarian, uh, as an as an assistant librarian to any Horniman's father, uh, Frederick Horniman, founder of the Horniman Museum and an affluent tea importer. So I included that because I mean, even though like. I don't know, maybe he wasn't living in the life of lavish, or maybe he was already. You know, makes it sound like he wasn't. Uh, I mean, he still came in contact with somebody that was rather important, some sort of degree of separation there. You know, And that's, like, something that I've even noticed, and it's going to be something I'm going to be covering in, like, other things, like uh, other people from the past. It's like, when you start, like even, like, these, like, little names that you might be reading and be like, I don't even know what the fuck that is, and that was so long ago, who cares? You know, when it talks about the relationships or people they were corresponding with, look those people up, and half the time you're like, yo, these were fucking important people. Why the hell were you talking to magicians or known occultists You know, it's just exactly. very weird. You know, it was it's All
1: the dots get connected, man. When you start going down these rabbit holes, like, you find out that they're all connected.
0: And, like, a lot of people say that about Crowley, especially during World War II, how they think... You know, he seemed to be almost like kind of bouncing around with both, maybe playing both sides. And you know, you see him bounce around the world, even like John D. You see you saw John D bounce around yeah. the world a lot. It's like this is in, like anything new. Like, you know, cultists from back, you know, a thousand years ago, you know, or mm-hmm. he, long time, you know, or the twelve hundreds or the thirteen hundreds. It's like Yes. If you start looking into it, it's like they have they've always had ties. There's always been rich, powerful people very interested in what they have to say. Put it that way. Yeah, you know, There always is. Yes, <laughs> there's always well, yeah. ties to somebody. Especially, there is. especially I think if you know your shit and you're real, mm-hmm. you, there will be in in these yep. elaborate stories that they have.
1: Yeah, totally agree.
0: But uh, Mathers married uh, Minnie Bergson on June sixteenth, eighteen ninety, at uh, Chacombe in Oxfordshire by Reverend W.A. Aiton, who was a prominent alchemist and member of the Golden Dawn. Uh, the Mathers uh, lived in Stent Lodge in Forest Hill, but due to poverty, they moved to central London and began to live on Annie Horn- Hornerman's charity. He became a celebrant of Metropolitan College in uh, 1891 and was appointed as Junior Substitute Magus of the S R I A in 1892 in which capacity he served until 1900. He left the order in uh, 1903, having failed to repay money, which he had. borrowed. <laughs> in 1887 Mathers was approached by Westcott to flesh out the ritual outlines of the cipher manuscript into fully functional initiation ceremonies and asked to join in a triumphant of, uh, of chiefs for westcott's new creation the esoteric order the golden dawn which was founded on march 1st 1888 Mathers signed the charter for isis urania temple number three as uh excuse me if i say this wrong premona premonstrator From 1888 to 1891, the Golden Dawn was uh, primarily a a theoretical school which performed the initiation ceremonies of the Outer Order and taught its members the basics of hermeticism, but no practical magic other than the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram. This changed when Mather's creation of the Second Order, wherein the theoretical knowledge taught in the Outer Order was put into active magical practice by those initiates who achieved the grade of Adeptus Minor and above. In 1891, Mathers assumed leadership of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn up until the death of William Robert Woodman. He moved with his wife to Paris on the 21st of May, 1892. After his uh, expulsion from the Golden Dawn in April of 1900, Mather's formed a group in Paris in 1903 called Alpha et Omega. And its headquarters were the uh, uh, Ahathor Temple. Hmm. And Mather chose the title Archon Basilius. Uh, In December of 1891, Dr. Woodman died and no one was chosen to take his place in the Golden Dawn's ruling triad. It was around this time that Mathers finished a magnificent ritual for the five equals six degree, or you know, the fifth degree, however, they, sorry, don't know how they actually explain the whole five equals six, but the Adeptus Minor grade, the first grade or of the second or inner order of the order Rose Rube et Aure Crucis, also called the RR et AC. I should have just called it that, or the Order of the Rose of Ruby and the Cross of Gold. With the creation of a functional second order, Mathers accomplished a restructuring of the order and became its primary chief. Admission to the second order was gained by invitation as well as examination. The work of the second order was extensive. Members were required to make and consecrate several magical implements, Mathers created a curriculum in a series of eight examinations which led up to the subgrade of Theoricus Adeptus Minor. He was also responsible for writing several of the the Second Order's most important manuscripts, including the Z-Formula documents concerning the symbolism of the neophyte ceremony and the five systems of magic, which would be including Invocation, Talisman, consecration, transformations, divination, and alchemy, that known collectively as the magic of light. Through his research at the British Library, he gained an extensive knowledge of Egyptology as well as Dr. John Dee's Enochian work. He incorporated Enochian magic into the second-order curriculum, expanding Dee's original workings into a potent system of magical work, supposedly. In the spring of 1892, the Mathers moved to Paris and set up the uh, Hathor Temple Number no. 7. Dr. Westcott uh, became the chief of the order in England. Um, from Paris, Mathers continued to create new material for the ever-expanding curriculum of the Second Order. But he also uh, pursued, pursued other interests such as <laughs> Jacobite politics. In 1898, Samuel and, uh, and Moina began working on a series of Egyptian ritual dramas, The Rites of Isis, which he performed for the public numerous times on the stage of the theater bandier on rue Saint-Lazare. That's all I really have for him. I didn't want to go, like, too much into his personal life after that, but I just thought that was uh, enough to let some people know, like, Who this guy was, how important was he, uh, what kind of impact he had on the Golden Dawn. Um, One thing that I find that's actually very interesting is that... um, you know, him and Crowley supposedly had their tiffs and their differences, supposedly had, I don't know, magical battles out in the street, whatever, you know, saying things and throwing up gang signs or who knows whatever they were doing out there. <laughs> <laughs> you are <not laughs> right. both like throwing up the fucking, like, what are you doing to me? you know? You hear these hey, stories,
1: you hear these hey, stories. We didn't say we were a little bit nuts, <laughs> right?
0: Because
1: you you fucking have to be, no, no. be gone to be in, you have to be insane to your craft. right? I do.
0: No, I think, you know, you're very right on that. Blavatsky even says that in a certain way, I think too. But, um, so uh, they did have like, uh, the differences, but one thing I do, re- I, I do think is that if you take how, um, you know, he wanted to change the order and how he made it very much more regimented, is very much the way the Astro-Margentum is, and it's very much the way it's suggested to be in the OTO as well. So, like, you even do see, like, their styles or suggested studies to an extent or kind of like, you know, uh, almost like an outline of work, of how to do the work. Mm -hmm. Very similar. You know, very similar, I think, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You got to start somewhere, you know. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's all I had on him. Uh, if you want, okay. you can cover a little bit about the book, and I'll go through some of the slides as you're talking to.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, I got uh, my resources from a few different places. Um, I always like to cross-reference when I'm doing research on this. Mm. Um, so um, the the Grimoire of Armadale, and I'm not going to go try and pronounce. It's thirteen word. Oh yeah, Idol. yeah,
0: yeah. Don't don't. don't it, it is
1: in Latin. Um, which I can pick out a few of what the words mean because I know some Spanish, and Spanish comes from Latin. Um, but it, I'm not going to try and, and pronounce that, guys. No, just, it's all right. I'm not going to do it.
0: I've even said this before. Some old grimoires or old manuscripts. It was like, yo, the titles were so long. Like, did you? Why did you even want to name the title of your book that long?
1: Maybe. Like, I'm not even trying to make my episode page. titles
0: that long.
1: <laughs> it all the whole thing. <laughs> I, they're just trying to cover the whole <laughs> Yo, thing. Like you never know.
0: Well, they're like, screw it. I got this whole page to use. I might as well use it. <laughs> I, I'm just going to throw that out there. Yo, you might be on this. You know, it's uh, so funny. It could be as simple as that, right? <laughs> I, said, I, mean, I got this paper. I might if if as well look use at them,
1: it. Yeah. They're always a full page. Maybe they were just trying to fill the page. And, you know, what so they not have to draw some much ornate shit all over mm-hmm. them to make them look full.
0: <laughs> that's great. I love it.
1: <laughs> um, but okay, so it's a minor 17th century French cri- Christian grimoire um, kept in the Bibliothèque des Arsenals in Paris. It was translated into English by MacGregor Mathers and first published in 1980 after his death. Um, it should not be confused with British Library's manuscript Lands 1202 as the key, as the key of King Solomon by Armadale, Book Four, the spirits which govern. Under the orders of the sovereign creator, it's also not to be confused uh, with the Arbatel.
0: yes,
1: or the Almadel. Um, So the Almadel, which is the fourth book of Lemigaton of the Lesser Key of Solomon, and the Arbital, which is a grimoire of planetary magic derived from the cult teachings of Paracelsus. So, I did find which we did cover prior.
0: and you and you yes. did and I think you did a great case at showing you know, your idea and opinion on. Who yeah, I came up with some book. theories
1: there. Yes, yes, that one. So these are all very connected. Um, so I'll get to that, but I just kind of wanted to throw something out there. So Go for it. Um, I'm just going to tell a story really quick, and then I'm going to put forth um, one of my theories. It's just an idea that I had. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that I'm right. I did Google it. One person said the same thing I did, um, and but anyway, so um, my mentor, um, she's older, and so we were talking about. I have a class that I do on divinations, and we were and and some of my research I quoted some some Bible verses. Well, we got to talking about that, and she knows way more about that stuff than I do, Um, and so she was like translating these uh, verses and chapters for me. And then it dawned on me because she said at the end, she's like, hey, um, I think, I think the Bible is too contradictory and you got to read through the lines. And I was and and I was like, yeah, I was like, you know, that sounds a lot like, um, that the Bible is actually a grimoire, um, and it would take, because, okay, so when, when I was doing the grimoire research, I, I, found, I found out that a lot of the books are connected. So you need to know various other grimoires before you can decode the one that you're reading. Mm. And this is the case with the Armadale. So you have to be able to read the Arbitel and Agrippa's um, occult philosophy. philosophy, And then also another grimoire called the hep trameron
0: Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah.
1: Okay. So then I was like, well, what if the Bible is itself a grimoire that cannot be decoded unless you read all these other grimoires? And it was like that was everybody's stab at trying to pull it all together. That was just a thought that I had, something to toss around.
0: Well, that could um, easily. I mean, there was stuff that I've even covered where, you know, uh, I think understanding other people's with the grimoires and, like, uh, Antonisius Kircher and, like, some of those people I had mentioned with all those different ciphers, it's just, like, you, you have to, like, it's almost as if you you do need conjunctions of things to sometimes understand something. fully.
1: Yeah, you, ha- you have like for to. You, you don't even
0: know if it's in a cipher or not. You know what I'm saying? You're, you know, it's just, I do think there's, uh, like, what you're getting at. Like, you, you do need other prior works to even understand Yeah, how con- something just else.
1: Yeah, because I mean, you're you're getting this stuff from other occultists that lived in a different time, had a different point of view, and I think they were all just trying to connect the dots. And then you have everybody who spent their whole life working on one grimoire, right? So it just makes sense to me. Um, so I just find it very similar to um, the study of occult grimoires, for example. To understand the Armadale, you have to learn. You have to read all the other ones. Um, which is very, to me, that's just very interesting. It, it's, it's almost like it was the first grimoire, you know, the Bible is. Um, a, lot, and a lot of occultists, when they're first getting started, they don't realize how that Bible is going to come full circle right down on your head once you start getting deeper into the occult and you actually start practicing ceremonial magic because then that is going to require... The study of all the previous grimoires from the Renaissance era when it was in its heyday, and so it's all like just super connected. Well, um, I
0: would even say, you know, that's you're going back to Crowley and that, you know constantly trying to uh, promote the guy. But uh, I think uh, in a lot of his books, sometimes in the beginnings, like even like on his like little Libra books, some of his smaller ones, that I like may like Libra O, which I think is just purely like you know just the rituals that are in there. He will even tell you, I think, like, prior, like, after already knowing this and that and that and this, there's multiple times, or or he'll even, like, reference to, after having the understanding of this, then this shit (laughs) would be done. So, like, there is even oftentimes, even in his own stuff, that he does reference back, that, like, only until you understand and have the idea... Of this back stuff or this back work or these other things.
1: Back speech. Could you speech. even,
0: yeah, do you even have an understanding of what the hell you're actually doing right now? Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's, a, it, there, there's
0: it, it, a, there's it, a, I, so I do get that for sure.
1: Yeah. It, it won't come full circle until you have a basis. Your foundation that you need to know is going back, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of years. Um, Okay, so also I, I know it, I wanted to say that I know that the Bible doesn't fit the classical definition of a grimoire, but I think it might be a form of one that's just been mistranslated, butchered over time. Um, but I think there's something to it. I mean, I even think like Isaac Newton at one point, like he was trying to create some sort of cipher to decode the Bible yeah. and find its hidden secrets, right? I think so, must So he, yeah. he, he made some connections there that not everybody did of that time. All right, so he, I was, he was he was associated.
0: You know who he's associated with? Somebody that I'm uh, about to cover too. It's gonna be really interesting. <laughs> and I was just like, the guy's name too. I was just like, what's the fucking odds? This guy Michael Meyer. Have you ever heard of him?
1: Mm, I think I have. Yes. He, I don't know any details though, but I remember reading that. Going okay, oh like the man, Michael huge, Meyer,
0: huge, huge, huge influence in a lot of shit. I believe it. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll I'll send you, uh, I'll send you a couple of links of things that I came across, and you'll probably be like, oh, wow, just from looking at those basic links that I'll send you. Yeah, Yeah. so uh, I forgot where I was going with that. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Sorry.
1: No, you're good. Um, I was also going to say that I also came across a theory when studying this um, Grimoire Um, that says it's designed to be used for magicians to use these sigils to come up with their own rituals. Somebody thought that that's what this was, that they could use these sigils, but then come up with your own practice, which eventually you do once you get past a certain point in ritual magic. You start adding shit to, you know, adding things to your own rituals in in addition to what you've learned. And I, I already started doing this because I put sacred geometry in my stuff, like sacred geometry visualizations with my ceremonial magic work. And so I find this, you know, highly interesting, and I think that that's, it's definitely possible. I think you could take any of the stuff that you get and then change it. I mean, if you think about it, that's what all the occultists <laughs> for several generations did. Yeah. They took what they learned and they made their own. I mean, look at the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn; they're the ones that came up with the pillar, right? Yeah, that's not that's not older. That's fairly new, right? Um, so it's like in the vein of that um, to kind of get get some more info on that. Um, okay, so I got quite a bit of notes here. Um, I'll just kind of start going over theirs, and if there's anything you want to say, just uh, just interrupt. Oh, me. I
0: do think the one thing where I was going with Michael Meyer too is that. Uh, he was an occultist and he, like I said, he was very, they even think like he was hugely influential with the Rosicrucians and this and that he was corresponding and like talking to somebody who was actually, uh, I remember correctly was in charge of how the King James version of the Bible was going to be translated.
1: Holy shit.
0: So it's like, you know, and then you're (laughs) talking about like magical grimoires and shit. Uh, who knows? You well, know.
1: that okay. Well, that just kind of you know, that guy's pers- like
0: he's famous for like he has these engravings. It's almost like I tell you the truth, it reminds me very much of like Ninth Gate ish type shit, where he had these engravings that that came with music that could have been played with it. Like, what? Yeah, I think, yeah, it, like he literally they've even said if you were to look at his book and go by like the way it was supposed to be and did it the way it was supposed to be, it was technically almost like multimedia at the time. But you had to play the music yourself that went along with the picture that had even the scripture that was supposed to be like little keys and ideas of like, you know, what was this picture showing you in alchemy in the occult? Wow. Like this dude was fucking deep as shit. Yeah, yeah and I, he was corresponding I wanna, I wanna with somebody who that. was, you know, translating the Bible for King James.
1: I'd like to go down that rabbit hole. I mean,
0: just saying. Yeah, yeah. it's like yeah, yeah. All, these, all, these, all these Michael Myers movies, are they like spawned off of like some occult idea?
1: Oh, probably.
0: Because <laughs> I did definitely do think Michael Myers is definitely a, a very occult uh, uh, archetype, in my opinion. You I not see that. You know what's funny? I, I've always, uh, I covered him one time for, uh, I'm sorry, then I'll let you get going. I no, covered him kidding. one time for... Uh, The Beasts of Horror, it was two Halloweens ago, I covered him and Freddy, and I was saying how I very much thought that, uh, I did more of a case for Freddy, and that was only because I fucked up and left out some of my notes, but I did have a a good case that I think that that Michael Myers and Freddy have a lot of Janice or Beast-like symbolism, and they had a lot of symbolism that would fall on Crowley's line number two and line 17. And when I went out to, uh, when I went out, this is fucking weird. When I went out to ha- uh, Salem recently, and I, I still have to f- finish editing and make it and put it out, um, there was a Michael Myers in the street, and uh, it was like uh, I think I would, might have been even going live, and um, I think I had my my wife hold the camera, and like I just like went up and like let him cut my neck real quick, and then I went back to like filming in live in Salem. <laughs> um, after going back and looking at the footage, yo, this is so fucking bizarre. He was standing under. Like the number for like the address of the building was two seventeen, no shit. And I even called him like the motherfucking beast or some shit like that. I was like, "Yo, Michael Myers (laughs) is the motherfucking beast right here," you know. And then (laughs) after the fact, I'm looking at the land. I'm like, "Yo, I'm like that's the the numbers that I was pointing to to like represent beast numerology as well." And I was like, "What the fuck was the odds of that? Did he know? Like, what? That was just weird." I was like, "Or is that just like the Matrix? Like the code to the Matrix? Like." I don't know. It's just like it's just just like because of what he was representing. He stopped there under two seventeen,
1: and I was like was a, showing lines
0: to line two and line seventeen for being. It's just fucking weird.
1: That's a synchronicity for you. That's the shit that happens to magicians, right? It was that shit bizarre. happens to I me was like, Yo, all the Michael fucking Michael
0: Myers time. under two seventeen. And, like, a straight a straight blade is, like, a, a symbol for 17, and he's, like, cut my neck with a fucking, you know, uh, blade and sh- It was just, you know, I was just like, oh.
1: That's wild, man. Yeah, I like it, though. Yeah. All right, cool. so
0: you go ahead. I'm so sorry.
1: No, you're good. Um, okay, so I got a lot of information from this article that I read. I don't want to take credit for it, you guys. Yeah. Um, I wish I could disguise an awesome writer, but apparently he was, he's a, um, a ceremonial magician. He was a former member of the LTO. Um, he's a Gnostic priest. Uh, his name is, um, Frater Barabas, Barabbas, I think it is. And, um, I, I came across a cold mine when I found this information about this. So, um, So, another grimoire that might be considered similar to the Grimoire of the Armadale would be the Notary Art of Solomon or the Ars Notaria. Mm -hmm. It is called, it it was supposed to be the fifth book of La Megaton, Lesser Key of Solomon, but it's uh, usually excluded because no version or published book has been able to capture the incredibly intricate, beautifully illuminated characters and sigils that fill up whole pages to form from the calligraphy of various strange worlds. Uh, words of invocation. The purpose of these words of invocation and notary, device device uh, was to assist the wielder to acquire certain spiritual and occult knowledge directly without the outer apparatus of learning. It would seem then that this grim- grimoire, which would be of the same class of grimoires as the Armadale, both manuscripts claimed to instruct and assist the operator in a form of magic that would powerfully impact his mind, revealing hidden and occultic wisdom. Uh, thus, they were grimoires of the art of disposition. Um, and so you said the
0: Ars Notoria, right?
1: hmm
0: That was the book that I posted that I was actually, I had that shit in my hands.
1: Ah. The, okay. the one that
0: I probably post, posted on yeah. uh, Instagram. Yeah, yes. oh, I think I sent yeah, and I sent you didn't I send mm-hmm. you uh did I send you the pictures yes. in the yeah 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 yes. I sent you all that mm-hmm. shit to check out yeah that was that yeah. book
1: yes that's yes. wild
0: man yeah and they're yes. totally right there are pages where it is just complete like artwork
1: yes and it was all in different colors too so you have it was like red and green yes
0: I was the year, sigils yes. are written in red and green you know what's so yeah. funny I even like uh, kept note why I was there I have it in some book of like um I do think like even the colors in sentences only certain letters were certain colors when they started off the sentence and only you know like if an s started s. off the sentence it was only a certain color if the if yeah. a c did i realized that they're like they were never like a different color they're always the same color it was just i i did notice like i definitely think there's something up with the different penning with that yes guy.
1: color symbolism for sure that's very noted in the cult world you know color symbolism numerology gematria all that stuff yeah yeah, that's super interesting. Like if you're
0: going to if you're an occultist and you're going to spend your time to do something artistic like that, you're just going to you're going to make it more of your craft. You just why yes. why would you spend the time to constantly make every sea blue unless there was, you know, a reason behind it. I don't know. For me as an occultist, is it going to be a reason for everything if you're going to yeah. go through that much trouble.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean yeah, because then you just, unless you're trying to confuse people down the line, yeah. imagine them studying our work from this time, like, <laughs> hundred years from now. And we're like,
0: yo, you're totally mind-fucking the wrong
1: shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's oh it's true, God. though. It's true, though.
1: I think about that all the time. Like, what if, you know, because we're videoing ourselves, right? What if they have, what if they pull this up, like, a hundred years from now, and they're, like, all trying to decode our shit that was just being hilarious. Like we're trying to do now with all the Renaissance-era grimoires and people, right? We're doing the same shit. I even thought, like, sometimes,
0: like, when I'm just being, like, blatantly, like, honest and, like, to the point, I'm like, I think sometimes people still, like, think that that's, like, some encoded thing. Like, (laughs) I don't know, you know what
1: I'm saying? (laughs) No, man, we don't have time for that (laughs) shit, guys. I'm just telling you right now, we're not that, we're not that, uh... You know, on top of our shit. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Um, Okay, then he goes on to say the grimoire of the Armadale also comes from this German tradition, but only a poor Latin and French edition was available to Mathers for translating, and much later after printing. So I'll say that again. It was originally in German, and then it was translated into Latin, and then into French. So what the hell do you think is going to happen there? Right? It's going to be incomplete. So we can. There's a lot of German
0: grimoires and manuscripts.
1: Yes, yes. Well, that was there. I remember reading some somewhere that that was like of some big headquarters over in Germany, where like a lot of magicians went at that time to research certain things. A lot of writers were coming out of that area, Sweden, um, you know, Italy, all all those places over there.
0: Yeah, there was a lot Um, of people that I've even noticed recently, like that I've covered. I, I haven't. Added it in because there's just more of like more words that I can't pronounce. But like there's like a lot of like old people that I cover that they'll have their name and then it's like now this is like their last name in German, and it's like why yes. was that so important? Like even even though they weren't from Germany, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And it's like something's up. Like you would but you even had like a specific name like for German? I don't know. I just find that weird. Like wh- like why is it? Like why is there always? I, you don't normally see that when you're, like, going on, like, Wikipedia or, like, researching stuff. You're not going to... They don't mm. always show you the German equivalents of that last name. But with these old occultists, the, from back in the day, it's like they always show you, like, the German equivalent of that last name. And I'm like, why was that so be, yeah. important back then? Something's up it, with Germany, <laughs> for real.
1: Well, if you go back a little further in history to, to the Germanic times, when you had the Germanic tribes, right? The pagan tribes... I'm trying to, I'm piecing things together in my head here. Yeah,
0: I think so there's something the, up so, with that.
1: So around around that time of like 1066 is when the Vikings conquered Eng- the English. Um, and then they would take on the last names of their clansmen. So whoever was leading the battle, they would take on their last name. So maybe it has something to do with that. I'm probably going out on Mm. a limb here, but I'm just trying to figure out why that would be. better
0: than I can come up with.
1: (laughs) But, but yeah, I mean, that's how, like, a lot of our our, our last names, our surnames now are from either our profession that we were way back when, before our ancestors came over on the boat, if you're from the U.S. Um, So all that kind of leads back to a lot of people's last names were where they lived, and Uh it was just a description uh of where they lived. Yep. So maybe there was something going on over there in that time period. And I think that's another reason why all the occultists back then traveled so often because there was no other way. They didn't have the internet. They couldn't piece all this shit together like we can here, right? So they had to travel to be able to gain more knowledge. And I think that's why they were always on the go. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it was me, I would, I would be going to every damn library I could think of. You know, I'd be living in those damn things.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm but, definitely but, going I mean, back to the Barneket Library. Got God, the, I'm they got so the so uh, envious the, of that man. They got the so Voynich. Envious. Yo, they got the Voynich manuscript there. I couldn't believe that shit. God, and the crazy man. thing is, it's not listed as like the Voynich manuscript. It's listed as a the cipher manuscript. And like, I stumbled upon it somehow. That I found out that it was there, and I was "Oh, like, you oh. didn't
1: stumble upon it. That well, <laughs> meant to be." <laughs> yeah, and no, I was like, "Oh
0: shit!" <laughs> I, and then I saw. I think I found out like a few days before I was going for the R's Notoria. I probably would have switched it out if I knew, but like they they kind of want a few days notice before you show up. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like I made like a week notice because then they actually like pull the book, they put it in a certain spot. Then when you come, it's it's a big elaborate thing. You got to show your ID. You can only yeah, there's like Fuck man. yeah, it's pretty it's pretty interesting. You need to, to go sneak
1: th- like a sneak like a lapel camera or something in there for me, man, so I, could, I can can go with you. You know <laughs> what I thought was
0: so fucking crazy? They. Now, they said in the rules that you could bring, like, a camera or, like, a camcorder. So I was like, all right, I brought my little one, and I shut off the light on it. I was like, oh, this is great. I was like, I could probably, like, record myself going through the whole book. You know, I'll just stand up and go like that. And the guy's like, oh, does that take pictures or video? I was like, well, it does both. He's like, oh, you can't have video. He's like, you can't bring it in. And I was not- I was like, can I use my phone? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, can I take video of the book with my phone? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, what the f- And he's like, with the video camera, people are afraid that you might record them. I'm thinking in my head, I'm thinking in my head, well, when I'm recording the book, my phone's facing down. And that's how people know I'm not recording them. So when my camcorder is facing down, just like my fucking phone would be, obviously you'll realize I'm not recording you. I'm like, yo, this is so silly. But whatever. So, I mean, I I use my phone and grab some clips, but if I could have brought the camera in. I was going to try to literally record the whole book like page by page because it's actually not that big.
1: Yeah. Oh, but, but whatever,
0: I would have and I would have gone to see the Voynich first before the Ars Notoria. That's what I was getting at. Yeah, it's called like the Cypher Manuscript there in their library. Yeah. It's not called the Voynich, it's called the Cypher.
1: Wow.
0: Which is, is very which is very weird because I I do think uh that the like I had mentioned before, the Golden Dawn even has their own Cypher Manuscript.
1: I believe it. I believe it. And, you know, I was also thinking some of this stuff, some of these, um, like what we're looking at right now, they look a lot like the witch's alphabet. Mm. And uh, me and Nick's were actually talking about this probably like a few weeks back because she went on this ghost hunt and she, was, she, was, um, she took some pictures and it was in some weird sigils and she showed them to me and it took me about 20 minutes, but I figured it out. It was actually the Witch's Alphabet. Oh, wow. So it was adopted by um, Wiccans, and then they modified it a little bit over time, but they basically took it from High Magic.
0: Oh, yeah. You know, uh, there was somebody that I had covered. I don't know if it was Johannes Trithemius or somebody who uh, they created, yes, the Witch's Alphabet that eventually Wicca ended up taking and kind of like, you know, Churching up their own way, I guess, in a sense.
1: Yep. Yep. And then yeah. eventually figured out that the the people that run that place, she's wicked. And I was like, there you go. That's what oh. she was trying to do. She was trying to attempt. She, I think what she was doing was trying to attempt to, to trap the ghost, which I think is all kinds of fucked up. But you know, they can just keep people don't know doing. what they're doing. Yeah. People don't know what they're doing, unfortunately. If you guys don't know what you're doing, don't do it. Fuck, man. Because um, you never know what you're doing. I mean, one little squiggle wrong, and you got a fucking demon hanging out with you. You know what I mean?
0: Let's <laughs> just say it's just raw energy you don't want to deal with.
1: <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> exactly. Too, too much, it just
0: gets too bad. Yeah.
1: I say it that way so that I could get people's attention. Yeah, yeah. I don't. That's literally a really good point, that. though. Yeah, no, that's a but, really good point, but, though. But you know, I don't literally mean that. But you never know what you're fucking with. Um, and then he goes on to say, we can hopefully anticipate the eventual discovery and publishing of a more fresh translation from a currently unknown German version. However, if you had few have ever gazed upon the sigils and characters found in the grimoire of the Armadale and not be marveled by them, even though the ritual lore to activate them is extremely sparse, there seems to be no way to actually use any of the sigils and characters without recourse or other materials. The grimoire of Armadale probably has its origins in the, late 17th to early 18th century, and represents the last flowering of this tradition of writing grimoires like this one. Um, and then he says, Owen Davies, uh, in his book, Grimoires, A History of Magic Books, page 97, has speculated that the Armadale's manuscript may have been part of a collection of hundreds of confiscated magical books held for safekeeping by the Lieutenant General of the Paris Police Force, Marc-René de Voyeur d'Argenson who Was investigating the massive occurrence of occult fraud in Paris in the early 18th century. So apparently, there was some fucking yahoos going around <laughs> trying to like get money by faking this shit. Yo, so
0: I, I, in, in uh, the only thing that I had very little, and I was that's why, like, when you told me you had a bunch of notes, I was like, I'll just let you cover this book because yeah. I didn't have much to say. Actually, in the Armada, uh, the uh, the Mathers version, there is, like, uh, an introduction by, like, Francis King, and uh, I had pulled some stuff out of that. It was very basic, but uh, he even states in there, he's like, as long as there's, like, people searching for this shit, there's going to be some asshole basically making fake stuff to sell it to also.
1: (laughs) Fucking, can you imagine? It's like they misprinted one fucking page, and you're sitting there doing that shit for months on end. wondering why it ain't fucking working out. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, no, but they they, they they even, you know, people have even been saying that for a long time. There are some ones out there that they actually believe were just uh, fake that probably a real magician sold some, some rich fuck and was like, I'm just going <laughs> to give them whatever. I'm just going to give them whatever because they're not going to understand this shit anyway. And it it gets considered like, oh, this is fucking legit. And it's like, no, it wasn't actually.
1: (laughs) They're not going to fucking try and practice it. Yeah, that's what I'm
0: saying. Yeah, they just
1: want to be like, oh, look at this.
0: I got got the the power. I got
1: this. Look at this awesome book I have. Just like show it at fucking parties and shit. Yeah. Fucking. (laughs) Um, okay. Uh. So these grimoires found their way into the library of his grandson, Marc René, 3rd Marquis d'Argenson, whose huge collection of books was purchased by the king's brother, the Count of Artois, in 1785 and became part of the famous Bibliothèque Arsenal of Paris. Eventually, the grimoire was discovered languishly in the manuscript collection over a century later by Mathers. So he discovered it, um, who immediately saw its value and translated it. So an, examine, exa- an examination of the grimoire of the Armadale shows that it suffers from su- some disorganization disorganiz- since the chapters follow ner- no observable order. So in fact, the title page is the original manuscript is, is at the end instead of the beginning, leading some to speculate that perhaps the book was written from back to front. However, the order of chapters for the first two chapter groups is not important since each of them can stand alone with their associated spirit name and sigil, offering revelations and visions in their use that titles consist of words, theosophy, uh, sacromystic theology, and Kabbalistic light, obviously characterizing the presentation of the arcane occult knowledge associated with various mysteries of the bible most of the chapters are concerned with highly obscure old testament mysteries but there are some new testament mysteries presented as well that was another thing that tipped me off about the bible Hmm. right there okay oh yeah yeah. and then (laughs) what i'm going to talk about now is interesting because i got this from a curious christian website okay i find it a little comical um a curious but curious i guess <laughs> yes yes so this is a lot of people have said about this book that it is highly christianized and and it is um there was
0: a point you know with within the kind of like the magic community they called this community people were trying to tie occultism and catholicism together
1: they're, they're you know on, or the
0: bible there's a, you know they were they were trying to like show like and say like you know there's a deeper meaning to this shit there, you know, there is i know but like back then it's like it wasn't like it was like accepted and it's like all of a sudden what happened now like people are like oh no 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 what are you you're crazy take it for face oh, value sh- you know you know shit. what i'm just saying It's, like what yeah, the no, fuck yeah no 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 i get
1: what you're saying <laughs> that's crazy man that's crazy um but yeah i found this really interesting it says um for all this christian influence thou the grimoire of armadale clearly draws on a wide variety of non-christian traditions it references spirits associated with the ten sephiro the jewish kabbalah the first nine hebrew letters and the olympic spirits of the arbitel and the four of the planetary archangels found in Agrippa's occult philosophy it references both archangels infernal princes and possibly even goetic demons the former presumably being used to control the latter the Grimoire of Armadale is, is a most obscure text. Unlike many other grimoires, there is only one known manuscript copy in the world, which is kept at the Bibliothèque Arsenal in Paris. The manuscript, written in Latin and French, was probably produced in the early 18th century. Scrutiny of the manuscript suggests it was originally composed in German, uh, since that appears to be some words and terms that are poorly translated from the language into French. It was translated by English... Uh, Englishman Samuel MacArthur Mathers and cult scholar and founded founder of the Golden Dawn. Okay, so that's the end of that. Then I came across another copy of this because you sent me the PDF, right? Uh-huh. And so I was looking and then I opened up a new tab and I just searched it again. And I, I like to look at different browsers. So I will use Yahoo, I'll use Bing. Oh, okay. um, I'll use all the different ones because sometimes I found that, like, when doing my research that—
0: Oh, you'll get different um, hits. Y-
1: yes, you'll get different stuff. Um, so I found another version of this, and there was another guy named Freder Allister who um, said this about it. It says, The grimoire was first translated by McGregor Mathers into English. Now for the first time in English one, Freder Allister rendering it to an HTML format— When Mathers made his translation, he noticed that the title page was the last page of the grimoire, so he moved it to the front but kept the rest of the chapters in some order. He also noticed that the grimoire began speaking about a magic circle like there was something that the reader should already know. And that's another thing I noticed, too, was like these grimoires already expect you to have a foundational knowledge that's why they make fucking no sense and, and look like fucking gibberish to the average layman because you have to have that prior knowledge to understand what they're talking about to begin with you know and you, then you, and then you have to reference several other grimoires to know what the fuck's really going on
0: yeah I, I wonder I, like I mean, what, I mean I don't know if it would have been un, more unusual for people to be looking for that stuff back then too like, the reason why I'm saying mm-hmm. that is, like, if you have that stuff in your hands, you maybe, like, it should be expected. By the time you own something like this, you better know what the fuck you're doing already. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're just assuming. Right. If, if you've come across this, you should.
1: Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Sorry about the train, That's you guys. Right. I got a train. I live right <laughs> next to train tracks. Um, but Yeah, but for sure. I 100% agree with you there. Um, now he goes on to say, it is my belief that the whole grammar was written backward. The fuck? I read that. I was like, what? I, written I, backwards. I,
0: yeah. I would not be surprised. Yeah.
1: That is to say that you should read the last page first, which is the title page, then the last chapter and so on. If you read it this way, you will see that a, that makes a lot of sense. In Mathers's version, the first chapter is a reference to the magic circle and the license to depart. So why would you—what confused him was why would you have the license to depart in the beginning instead of the end? But then I started thinking about it in a logic way, and I figured out, okay, well, you're going to read the whole book to get all the information, and then you're going to figure out the license to depart, right? Everybody should know that anyway. So it doesn't really matter, which either you know it or you don't, Uh right? So I guess that part, it wouldn't really matter if you had it before or after all okay, the because yeah, yeah, you're going to do that anyway, that just kind of goes back to that, you know, that you have to I have a basic knowledge. Yes, yes. Um, uh, it made no sense to begin the grammar that grimoire that way, uh, since the license to depart is the last thing the magician should read. Also, if you follow the Latin titles in the Mathers version, the text begins with Sanhedrin, Jesus and go on to the creation of Adam and the demons and the angels, etc. This order is completely the opposite of the one that the Bible, uh, that one on the Bible, this, is God first, and then the angels, and then the demons, then Adam, then Jesus, then the crucifixion, and then Sanhedrin. So, neither to say, um, I, I had inverted the orders of the chapters in Mather's version, Uh, under the believing that this is the way it should be read. So he flipped it around the way he Uh, thought it should be read.
0: It's backwards, basically, yeah.
1: Yeah. That's
0: interesting. Um,
1: Yes. Okay, so, and then I'm just going to read this last paragraph because I'm going to pull this all together and we're going to have a recap here. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So the grimoire of Armadale is a very peculiar... peculiar, I'm all tongue-tied today, a manuscript of ceremonial magic, an analysis of its various chapter components has revealed that the operational sequence was deliberately made obscure. This grimoire requires the knowledge of the use of other grimoires, most notably the Heptameron, Agrippa's occult philosophy, and the Arbitel. The key to operationally using this grimoire requires reestablishing the operational sequence and also performing classical invocations of the various spirits before performing the sigil character operations so the art of the armadale appears to be a system of magic that assists the operator in acquiring visions insights occult knowledge wisdom and ultimately spiritual enlightenment it is a system of magic that can be found in other uh, systems of magic where spiritual knowledge is considered more important and personally empowering than material powers and achievements. So, we've all been through that stage, you know, when you first get started, we do it because we think we're going to get something out of it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Material gain. Um, then, the further along you get, depending on how serious you are, you start doing it for spiritual enlightenment. Yeah. And then that other stuff is just a. Side effect. Side effect. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's a really good way to say it. Yeah, I, I yep. think if you work on spiritual gain, whatever you need will be there.
1: Yes, yes. I mean, I'm guilty of that too. I mean, it took me a while, right? Oh yeah. Because I too. came from a <laughs> oh, you know, from a low magic <laughs> foundation, right? I was I did low magic for fucking years, and then once once you get go down that path a certain way, you figure out that the material gain isn't what needs to be sought after once you figure that out it's it's like it all just fucking falls into place like puzzle pieces
0: you'd be like oh fuck that wanting that material gain was one of the problems <laughs> you know like damn it
1: yes <laughs> exactly yeah. exactly so hopefully this helps you guys out there that are, that got off your armchair and you're going to do it eventually it'll come full circle again
0: Uh, You know something (laughs) I did want to also add real quick about what we were saying again, not to beat a dead horse here, but having prior knowledge.
1: I think this is actually
0: a good example, this book, even the Arbitel. If you're making these sigils and you're making these talismans and you're using these things, normally, from my experience, normally and probably for you, That is like the ending point of your ritual that you are going to finally start charging this talisman and start doing whatever you're doing with it in your ritual. These books don't have the ritual. It's not telling you what ritual to do. It's just showing, yeah, yeah. So it's like you would have to even know the rituals prior to even charging these talismans that you could make with these books. So just the fact that that part is not even in there, I think is more proof, is that you should be understanding of other stuff prior to even using this. This is add-ons to your to what you know already.
1: Exactly. And this one I read, I also read, and I can't believe I didn't get the notes for that. Um, I also read that they there are two more um, spirits in this book than there is with uh, the Arbitel. Because remember, you have your Olympic spirit, sis, mm-hmm. Olympic spirit sigils. Well, this one has two. And get this, one of them is associated with Jesus himself. Oh wow! I think it's Caffiel, this one right here, the one you have oh, up on the page. Oh, shit,
0: you look at that one, <laughs> right there. I, I looked at Oh, out, it's got crosses too in it, yeah.
1: That's it, so that one is associated with Jesus himself.
0: Oh, let me see if I can go back and find an older one in the other book.
1: Um, But yeah, that I thought that was just super interesting.
0: Did I leave that one out? Oh, damn. Yeah, I must have. What's the odds? Uh, you know, another thing I thought was interesting with this book too is that uh, it also went into archangels, yes. which the Arbitel did not. No. Really do. It's kind of stuck with planetary
1: energies more. No. And these these are these um, sigils that you guys are seeing here. These ones are used a lot. Like these. Get to know these ones. These these ones are. Um, I see these fucking everywhere now. Everywhere I look, I see these damn things. You know, you, once you look at them, you see them everywhere. But um, it's really this easy guy to I do. Like our- on TikTok, he he does all of them and tells you what the angel, their name, how to pronounce their name, what they're used for, what their associations are, correspondences, all that stuff. But yeah, so when you're practicing high magic, you're you're invoking these. I mean, the, the you know at least at least I invoke. Eight when I'm doing it. Eight. So you're using these and having these sigils fucking print them out. Shit. <laughs> I mean, use them, right? I, I love this stuff. I think it's absolutely fascinating. And
0: the reason why I even like showing these too is like, these aren't, I don't know, like, maybe preaching to the choir with my show, but for maybe people who aren't that knowledgeable about mm-hmm. this stuff, I don't think these designs would be like typical what people may think. Too, like The reason why I like showing these last two books that we did is because like, even the artistic style of the sigil work, it's probably stuff that's like, if that was even in your face, would you ever have noticed it?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, look at it. Like this one right here. Adonai. Uh, one of them had oxy Agla. Like, these are the divine names that you vibrate when you're practicing your ritual uh-huh. magic. You know? Ehie, Adonai... All this stuff, I think. I think what these are also, um, these probably have the information to when to invoke them, what day and what time,
0: good in them so. too.
1: From, from me looking at them. Oh, that could be. That's very good.
0: Hmm. Very well said. Was there anything else that you? Uh... Nope.
1: No, I, I. That's it for now. Oh, okay. um, no, I no, love I doing this great. stuff. So yeah. just. Shoot them at me, man. i yeah. do the research. <laughs> well, this was perfect, too, because I
0: even <laughs> said, I was like, you know, just like an hour episode. Nothing too deep. Uh, for people that were listening, I, I would suggest to watch it because as it was playing, uh, you know, as we were going, I was going through some of the slides. Um, if we were to cover these slides, this would have turned into like a three-hour show and uh, it would have been like more than I was trying to get at. Um, again, it wasn't so much to teach people. It's just more of like education to know, like, you know, this is something out there that was, Mm uh, there was a reason why I guess Mathers, you know, translated it, you know, you must've been of importance. There must, there might be something in here. These books might be onto something. And I just think that, you know, it shows different symbolism, different styles, uh, you know, for just things, uh, gods, angels, yeah. you know. So oh, I, uh, always
1: get your info from multiple sources, always. And I just I, I've always
0: done that. Just for the fact of pure symbolism, just showing you that, yes. like, there's occult symbolism out there that's, like, probably, like, you know, many people don't even know it exists.
1: Oh, exactly.
0: You know, I want, oh, one quick yes. thing I do want to add, uh, maybe if I can find the link, I'll add it to the bottom. I would have loved to have covered it myself, but... Uh, I've added it into this but like really it would have been totally stealing it from somebody else cuz I would have never probably came up this with my uh, came up with this on my own. But there was I think it might be the A Baker Cipher or something there's like the cipher that looks like a tic tac toe thing kind mm, of.
1: Yeah, I've seen that. That yes. you
0: remember that v- I found some guy on YouTube that actually shows you how if you take the Hebrew now this would make sense almost with going backwards now. 'Cause Hebrew is written backwards. Yeah. If you were to take the Hebrew of these words and put it into the Ike Baker, I think, it actually creates the sigils. No shit. Yeah, it's cause they're all if you think about it, it it's basically a tic-tac-toe sign. So it's all gonna just be like lines like that. And that's yes. all that's all the arbitel basically is. All those yeah. sigils, they all look very almost like circuit boardish. He shows how, like, if you actually take those names and put them in, I think, backwards in Hebrew into the Arkbake or whatever cipher, Mm -hmm. you are actually getting the designs that created those sigils. And I was like, holy fuck. That blew me away. So that kind of goes along with possibly going backwards in that book, possibly.
1: That makes sense. And then another thing hit me when I was reading the Arbitel that I forgot to mention last time was, like... What if those lines, you know how there's, like, multiple lines? What if those are dimensions? What if those are different dimensions? Different, like slivers of time it, and space or something, too. Yeah, you're seeing it fucking 2D, but it's supposed to be visualized 3D. Yes,
0: I think a lot of occult symbolism, I think a lot of occult symbolism, if you were to try to look at possibly of, like, a, a an idea of 3D put down on flat, you know, onto paper... Mm-hmm. There was a lot of that. I think a lot of times, like, maybe we should be looking at something as, like, looking down at it instead of yes. thinking we're looking forward. Yep. Yeah. yeah. A lot of stuff like that. Like, like bird's that.
1: eye view. Well, that's yeah. how you do your ritual magic until you get it memorized.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much, <laughs> you, yeah.
1: You got the fucking notes out. Fucking, I was that way. Yeah. I used to lay so that funny. shit out on the floor, man, and read it as I did it.
0: That's so funny. Oh
1: until you get God. it memorized. Yeah. That's just the way it is. You're right. I mean, shit. Yeah. You start learning all that shit. There's no, there's no good way to do it, but make yourself some notes. You got to make yourself some cheat notes is what i call them yeah cheaters very true (laughs) how
0: much god how much time is spent in memorization and trying to understand i forget it's a fucking
1: it's a it's a whole lifetime. like nobody has that kind of time anymore that's why that's why we don't have great shit like this anymore because nobody has the time (laughs) to sit there and do that shit it's true i mean
0: the world we live uh, in now, yeah. It's like, let's just, have to... just to
1: be honest. I mean, those motherfuckers were highly intelligent and fucking like most of them were geniuses because they knew about everything. Like, they knew about astrology, numerology, like everything, medicine. They were highly, highly, highly educated. And it's like, something,
0: we're lacking, something we're went lacking, went lacking in that. Something went wrong. I don't know what yeah. happened? But thank you very much again, Megan, for coming on. That was a great time. I look forward to, uh, like I said before, we're gonna uh, should hopefully be doing the zodiacs. You know, I know Mario had already said yes, and uh, I love to do that too. And then we're going to uh, be covering art for one of these saints, which I think will be. And then actually, after that, I mean, I don't want to jinx it, but then I was thinking about possibly covering that art with Michael Myers, so. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll have to, once I get to him, <laughs> you,
1: know, once, yeah, you yeah, want,
0: yeah, as, as, as we get along and, uh, and, and complete other things, then I'll bring that one up and, uh, and see about doing it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I don't want to. yeah, man. Right on. on, on. Many,
1: a Thanks for dragging <laughs> and, me along. Oh, love, for sure. No,
0: no, sure. this is great. No, especially mm-hmm. for this stuff. It's like, you know, I got to have you on, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Thank I you. I know
1: there's no, there, I don't know anybody like in person. It's a high magician. Sorry. I've yeah. never met one in person ever. Except
0: for like the OTO. I, know, I Yeah. Unless they didn't tell me I never met one personally.
1: Yeah. Oh. Me either. So we're far and few between. <laughs> so it's cool that I get to hook up with you, man. Cause Definitely. you know, Definitely. you get what I'm talking about. I get what you're talking about. It just, it just melds really well. Yes. So I'm very appreciative of that, man.
0: Yeah. And the episode went really smooth. I thought, so thank you very much.
1: Yeah. Oh, you're welcome.
0: So your time, man. Uh, you want to plug your show and let everybody know where they can find your stuff again.
1: Yeah, guys, so um, I have my own YouTube channel. Uh, If you're into, like, the paranormal, um, magic, tarot, I go over all kinds of stuff in there. Um, If you guys are interested in that, it's 7 Degrees of Wisdom 81. Uh, Nick will put the link down in the video. If you guys are interested, I'm looking to grow my channel. Um, I want to get it out to as many people as possible. Um, My whole shtick on my channel is, like, break things down into bite-sized chunks for you so that and do all the legwork so that you don't have to do all the research that I did to come up with a video.
0: Yeah, so yeah, um, that, that is one thing I, I would like to definitely say, uh, you know, for people that, you know, listening to my stuff or into my stuff, if you go to her channel, you'll get like 15, 20 minute, half hour bite-sized chunks instead of having to listen to such a long, normal episode on mine. And I actually, to be totally honest with you, you're probably doing it the right way. <laughs> 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 you know what I'm saying? But uh, it's it's much easier to just, you know, if you're interested in things, you can go over there and get a really good idea on that one specific idea and topic in 20, 30 minutes, and it's I think it's great. Well, I I I highly suggest that I wanted,
1: correct? Because I mean, I would spend—I've spent countless hours and and my time like doing research on all this shit, and it took me forever, years. Well, I wanted a channel where I could just type in something, and there I am, and I have it, (laughs) and somebody's going through it. I mean, that's that was my whole idea, and I also did it for my clients too. Because I, you know, refer my clients to do, you know, a lot of different things on there. Oh,
0: no, I, um, could, I, could, see, I could see that because it is very informative. Uh, yeah, It's like kind of like bringing, bringing it to basics, too. Like a very good general That's understanding.
1: Exactly, so. exactly. So I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. So if you guys want to check me out, um, it's 7 Degrees of Wisdom on TikTok. Um, my picture for everything is all the same. So if you see a different picture, then it's not me. I don't know if I still have, you know, copiers out there or not, but I haven't found any recently. Um, but they're all going to have that same picture on my YouTube channel. So if you don't see that picture, it's it's not me. Somebody um, But, yeah, you guys can find me on social media and YouTube.
0: Awesome. Yes, and I'll make sure your YouTube is in the bottom. And I'm going to man. add Thank that you. to all the other. Uh, that is another thing. If you haven't seen the Tarot series, please check that out. Mm-hmm. Me and Mario and Megan did that. That was a killer eye opening series. Very yes. enlightening. Yes. Yeah, so go check that out. And she's been on plenty of other things with me as well. So Yeah. Uh, Looking forward to more. Yes, hell yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And thank you very much. And uh until the next one. Everybody be well. Later.
1: Later.